What is up, people? You are listening to another episode of the Imperial Broadcast. I'm your host, Shamari Stewart, joined as always by my co-host, Kendall Stewart. Kendall, what is up? What's up, Shamari? Uh, we got another episode of the Imperial, Imperial Broadcast. Um, you know, last time we were on, we sort of recap celebration. As that was happening, we also had the Mandalorian uh, mm-hmm. ending. We had the finale of the Mandalorian that same week. And so we maybe touched on it a little bit during our conversations on Celebration. We had two episodes during that week. Uh, But we didn't get a chance to fully dive into The Mandalorian and its, um, you know, final episode and its third season as a whole. So we'll do that. Uh, Along with that, we've also had uh, the debut or release of Star Wars Jedi Survivor. So we'll get into that as well. Um, And we also had... Star Wars Day, May the 4th, mm-hmm. um, 2023. With that came some releases, including uh, the release of Star Wars Visions on Disney+. Plus. So we'll give an initial impression on that as well. So um should be a great show. I am not the only one joining you yes. uh, on the show tomorrow. Shamari. Yes, so we do have a special guest. Um, so special guest from... Um, from our other show, uh, Geeking Out Over Star Wars, Zach Breland. So, Zach, what is up? How are you doing? Did you guys know that I was at Celebration? Like, like no big deal. No big yeah. deal. I just I just, just want to throw that out there. I, yes, please. You know, no big deal, though. <laughs> very glad that you brought that up. I'm very glad that you brought that up. Um, because I do want you to kind of give, you can actually start off the show for us. Ooh, I didn't even say a proper hello. Wait, let me thank you guys for, for inviting me on the show and actually moving it because I was sick when we were going to do oh. this a few days ago. So I really appreciate you having me again. It's, oh, I don't... yes, no. It's, we're glad always to have you on, um, as always. And, and um, yeah, it was nothing. It really was nothing. We're always glad to have you on the show. I and appreciate you'll be, that. You'll be back on later on. Um, oh yes uh this year as well for all the kind of major all the major events in star wars as well 100%. um uh but i do want you to kind of give us a little breakdown of what it was like being at star wars celebration because neither me nor kendall have been to star wars celebration yet we do plan on doing that soon and i know of course me and you have talked about doing that soon as well yeah what was what was it like being there so I feel I'm one of those people who likes to tell a story. So context is key. And I originally had no intention of going to celebration. You and I had talked about it last year. We threw it up in the air for a couple of weeks and we're like, all right, we can't do this. It's not going to happen. And that was it. Couldn't go to England. Then, of course, my life changed last summer, blah, 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 blah. Point being is I was visiting my fiance in England. And about a week before, right before you and I were recording one of our shows, I went, oh, my God. Wait, hold, hold the phone it's in England. It's in how, how can I not go? Like, how can I not fulfill that bucket list item? Um, and so me and my fiance, we ordered some outfits from the, uh, her universe line, um, of clothing from Ashley Eckstein, which was fantastic. They have a whole range of stuff. And we, we went on the Saturday. Um, we went on that Saturday, which was the day of the Ahsoka panel, the higher public panel, um, so it was after all the news had dropped on Friday and there was, it's an almost indescribable experience. I think it's so overwhelming as a Star Wars fan to be in an area that was just all Star Wars fans. 
you know, we do we do this show. You know, you guys do this show. We do our show, Shamari. It feels almost like in a vacuum. And we know that some people. We know that people are listening. We know there are other fans like us out there. We have occasional interactions, but in terms of a massive group of people that love Star Wars, that we can really talk about, you know, Vernestra Rowe and the High Republic with. We we don't get the chance to do with that with too many people, except mm-hmm. each other. And so to be in this area where I can recognize all of these costumes and characters and from all from from the higher from the old republic to the high republic to you know the new the to to all the new stuff with the new republic and everything it's it's one of the most surreal experiences and i want to say especially attending the high republic panel it was possibly top 5 moments as a star wars fan in my entire life just just to be in that energy we talk about those rooms that energy that people you and i when we were breaking down last year's celebration in terms of the higher public panel and how how fans were pouring their love for this out for these these creators and this new this new publishing initiative and it's just and then all of star wars all of star wars there's so much love there's acceptance we talk about all the time the kind of you know racist and misogyny that exists in the small star wars the the vocal minority online that has come to represent star wars fans to a lot of people unfortunately but this is this is the the people who who come to this are those who really love star wars and are accepting and caring and it was one of the best feelings being there one of the best i mean that sounds that sounds like everything that i would would have hoped that it would be and i'm glad that you got to experience that obviously that's that sounds like that sounds like definitely like a core memory Type of oh experience. yeah, oh yeah. So also, uh, it also helps that I got to see you know the acolyte trailer and and oh, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> that could be a whole other show. But I, <laughs> I, I was gonna say I I somehow saw it too. I was not in London. <laughs> oh okay. Somehow okay. All right. Spilling <laughs> the trade secrets. What's my, going on? <laughs> onto my uh, Twitter feed somehow. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah. So I look. That's an incredible experience. Like he said. Um, how did it compare to like a normal comic con if you've been there? Like, is it you know? Because I, I, when you say that the being around other Star Wars fans like that, I think sometimes if you go to a comic book convention or any type of convention, you know, video game convention, you'll just find people that are into the medium, but like they may not watch the same shows that you watch or play the same games that you play. With Star Wars, yeah, you have like the divide between prequels, sequels, original trilogy, and whatnot. But for the most part, if you're a Star Wars fan, like you said, and you're at Star Wars Celebration, you're all you're all into the same stuff. Yeah, I would say because you know, as you know, we've been to Comic Con before, and I've been to Comic Con quite a few times. I think there one, it's definitely just as crowded. So in that comparison, it's just as crowded, and you will have trouble moving through the crowds at some point also it's just crazy but then secondly i say where it really differs is the fellowship of it so i you're right and at comic-con you might find some like-minded people people who like star wars also but it's not everyone everyone's kind of there for different reasons whether it be star wars whether it be marvel dc whether it be any other the walking dead or any other comic book medium or anything pop culture because that's what comic-con really is it's all about anything pop culture and you will find that 
there, whereas this really is a singular purpose and everyone has a singular shared love. And so there's just a sense of camaraderie when you're there, like an, an easiness to whoever you talk to or come across that you might not feel at a Comic-Con. So I would say that's where it differs the most. That, yeah, I, um, that just, again, and, and Zach, we've talked about this. It really sounds like something that, that I and, and Kendall would just, it sounds like an experience that's just like, you got to do it, which is, which is what you, to, you literally told me is that you got to do it. Yeah. At least once in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but hey, but, man! I mean, Japan, Japan, twenty twenty five. Twenty three. I'm already. I'm in, already making plans. It'll probably be in Saudi Arabia in twenty seven, and then <laughs> right. Rio in twenty nine. They're going everywhere. Eventually, it'll get back to the well, states. Shamari and I were talking about. We don't have to make this a full discussion, but mm-hmm. the idea that you know that they start doing smaller versions of this throughout the year at different places so that it gives the chance for people who can't travel and spend $2,500 on return tickets to Japan um, yeah. the opportunity to still celebrate Star Wars, even if it doesn't have all the big reveals and things like That's that. That's what Comic-Con is. Like yeah. There's a New York version for the East Coasters, and then there's a bigger version in California for the West Coasters or just people that just want to travel out there. Yeah, and then you have all the, you have all the others, and maybe it's not done through Read Pop and the same organization. I know same organization, but you have things yeah. like the Emerald City Comic Con and all the other yep, different yep. ones across the country. Yep. And something like that for Star Wars would be wonderful because I think it's the type of community that does need to be fostered and needs to be seen as as together. And I think that would give people the chance to celebrate their love, even if they can't afford to go. Because let's be face it, it's really expensive. It's really expensive. It's expensive if it's, if it's in Orlando for us. And it's expensive from people across the world. And then it's expensive if it's in Saudi Arabia for us to go there. And then still expensive for people who were in Saudi Arabia. Because it's just naturally expensive to attend a con- convention. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So it's it's just, it's hard. Um it's hard, and um, hopefully, you know, me and Kendall will get the chance um, to experience that. So, uh, hopefully, you know, Tokyo will be hard because, like you said, it's just it's a lot of money, and 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 um, you know, we're not wealthy by any stretch of the imagination, so we, you know, we you know live on a budget and whatnot. But hopefully, whatever the next one is, you know, we'll see. Um, you know, we'll see how things go, or. If I enter some kind of sweepstakes and Kendall enters some kind of sweepstakes, we end up getting tickets somehow or getting plane tickets somehow or whatever. We'll see what happens. But, <laughs> um, but yeah. So, but hopefully, you know, it, it, we'll be able to go and and I think I, I I will definitely be going. I'm sure Kendall will as well. Um, be going to 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 one of these um, Star Wars celebrations. But I am glad that that you got the chance to go and and. Um, uh, and that you got to go with your fiance too, which is, sounds very special. So it, very special, yeah. I'm 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 incredibly glad I got to go with her. Um, so I do want us to jump into some of the topics that we have, um, that we have set up for this show that Kennel Kennel alluded to earlier. So first, I do want us to touch on the Mandalorian. Now, um, we have talked about the Mandalorian previously on the show. We never got the chance to recap the season as a whole. Uh, now, Zach, of course, I know you and I did on, on Geeking mm-hmm. Out over Star Wars. So, you know, this may be kind of a repeat a bit of that conversation. 
Um, but it will be interesting to get Kendall's thoughts on this as well. Um, so, and actually, I can actually probably start with Kendall um, in, in as far as what your thoughts are on. Um, I would say the season as a whole probably focus a little less on just the finale, though. Of course, you can touch on the finale if you want. But but what are your thoughts on the season, this season of The Mandalorian as a whole? Any highlights or lowlights and anything? And just your thoughts on the trajectory of where the show is going. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, I agree. I think it's easier for me to look back at the season now that we're a couple weeks removed from that finale. But yeah, I thought that this was a, I thought it was a good season. I don't think it was bad by any stretch of the imagination. I thought that it was, um, you know, probably still better than, you know, your book of Boba Fett or your, uh, depending on how you feel about Andor or Obi-Wan or whatnot. It's in that mix, but, um, but I don't think it was as good as seasons one and two. Uh, I don't think that that's, that's a high bar that it has to, that it had to reach. Um, and I think ultimately the finale was good, but I don't think that it as a season had the, the wow moments or the OMG moments that, uh, season two particularly had, but then also season one. Um, but what I think is most like confusing for this show or at least confusing for me when looking at the show is um, coming off of where season two was. If you if you're somebody that's going back and you're binging the Mandalorian and you, you watch seasons one and two and then you just get to season three, it feels so disconjointed, disconnected, whatever the word is from whatever they were trying to pursue in the first two seasons that. I mean, I've long had the theory, I mentioned it a little bit on the show prior, that, um, you know, I feel like there were some changes that were made in terms of the direction. I don't know what exactly those were, but, I mean, I've I've mentioned it to Shamari when we were reviewing mm-hmm. episode by episode. I think a clear example of them clearly, you know, changing their direction or changing their, their mind on a certain story point is when you think back to the Keller and Beck moment. You know, Keller and Beck being the one to save uh, Grogu from the Jedi yep. Temple. Um, I said it at the time, seeing the results of the season, I feel even more confident. There's no way that when they teased that uh, initially, I guess it was season two, whenever they whenever they first teased that Grogu was a, it might have been season one, when Grogu was a, was, was a youngling that was at the Jedi Temple during Order 66, there's no way that in their mind it was supposed to be Keller and Beck. I don't know if Keller and Beck was existed when they made that, uh, when they teased that moment. So clearly something changed. I don't think that Favreau and Filoni wrote in a character or wrote in a, a concept of Grogu being saved from the order from Order sixty six, and had no idea who it was going to be. It just said random Jedi, and then figured out all right, we'll have it be Ahmad Bess's character from uh from a from legends of the hidden temple you know like or whatever they called it um so that that shows me and i think that there are some themes and moments of that season uh throughout this season where you feel like stuff may have changed um so yeah ultimately though good season uh you know the finale again a little up and down sometimes but that that's my main theme or takeaway from season three so far all right yeah i mean uh, and, and I have a similar take, um, Kendall. Um, 
and again, Zach, of course, you, you know, you've heard me say this on, on our show as well, but, but yeah, I kind of feel the same way. It felt very, I feel like just this, the general story doesn't, it feels like there was, it, it just, it feels like it's just lacking direction um, in terms of what they want to do and where they want to go uh, with the story. Um, and, um, I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed several moments in the, in the, in this season. Um, I thought it definitely had some highlights. Um, I think one of them is that Imperial, um, the shadow council that they had. I thought that was interesting. Um, of course you had Brentel Hux and, um, and, um, uh, Pelion, who I guess is a throwback to the, the original Thrawn novels as well. I think he was in Rebels or something else. He was in something else, but his um, voice was in Rebels. He was referenced, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, so that was a that was a nice callback as well. Um, and then and then I thought I really enjoyed the finale. I thought the finale was great. Um, but I think just generally throughout the season. And then seeing Mandalore, just Mandalore as a setting, just seeing that because it looked like it was pulled right from the Clone Wars cartoon, and and that was incredible. I thought that was very special as well. And the um, and the uh, I'm tempted to call them Imperial Super Commandos because that's what they they kind of look like from Rebels, the the like the like stormtroopers that that were in in Mandalorian armor. Um, but I don't, but like they weren't Mandalorians, um, which I think the fact that they had white armor and the armor looks so similar to the one from Rebels is, is a clear callback with Filoni, of course, working on, on this as well. But, um, so that was very cool to see. Um, but not too much else. Oh, and the Praetorian Guard. That was another, that was another highlight for me. It was fun to see that um as well but but a lot of everything else in this season was very forgettable to the point where i have to really kind of sit down and think about what else happened what else even happened um in the season that i that i kind of really attached to there's that pirate guy that of course me and kendall love to make fun of that guy that looks like he's from power rangers or something or or uh you know something oh, uh, in the 90s. oh the pirate king yeah, uh pirate king i forget davy jones yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, swamp, yeah. swamp thing yeah him there's uh boy yeah that that guy and a lot of that just didn't need gorian to shard i believe is his name. yeah gorian shard yeah that guy yeah it just that didn't really work for me so it was just i i don't know um there it it's just i feel like i wish there was just like some clear direction um hopefully we get back to that in the next season but um, overall, I I would say I enjoyed the season, but it's it was very much lacking in direction, and, and to me, I I don't really love that. Um, and I specifically want to know where they want to go with Grogu. Just, it seems like he's just there to merchant to sell merchandise at this point, which he does. He does well. I mean, I, I would imagine he does well. I'd be buying Grogu merchandise. Um, you know, for if I had any family member that I thought would be interested in. I have a Grogu in my office. Oh, there you go. I do. Yeah. Um, 
You know, I mean, does he our mom it. have a Grogu in, our, in, in her? No, office? yeah, yeah, our mom does have a Grogu something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Grogu sells. He sells really, really well. So you know, but it's just we need to know where it's going with with Grogu. So hopefully. Um, hopefully we find that out. But Zach, what are your thoughts? Give us your thoughts on this season of The Mandalorian and things you liked, disliked, and then just where you think they should go from here. So time has not been kind on my opinion of season three. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I happen to think that the season is largely forgettable. Um, mm. There is nothing that stuck out to me like season one or season two. And I guess right. you could also you could also chalk that up to with season one and season two. It's still feeling very new. Like it was this new part of Star Wars. We still hadn't gotten Book of Boba Fett. We still hadn't gotten Obi-Wan, right? We hadn't gotten Andor. So this was Star Wars in a new way for us, a new live action way. So maybe that has something to do with it. But season three is largely forgettable. And I think for a lot of that is because they had no clue what to do. There's a serious, we've talked about this, Shamari. There's a serious lack of direction yeah. for this show. I think they had they had Din Djarin's story planned out from the beginning. They had two and a half seasons of Din Djarin's story perfectly planned out, I think. His whole first and second season is fantastic. I think there are you know, a couple moments here and there I don't love, but for the most part, they're fantastic. Eight and nines across the board. His two episodes in Book of Boba Fett are some of the best of that series. And then the first two episodes, the recap at the beginning of this season, and then the second episode where he completes his journey and he's redeemed. It's a fantastic two and a half season journey that does work. Everything else feels like they were throwing it together and trying to figure out where to go. Um, even even John Favreau kind of implied this without saying it, but anybody who's listening, it's just he said they have season four written, but they don't have an end of the show in mind. That means that they're making things up as they go along. Even if they have ideas like, all right, let's explore this. Let's explore this. Let's explore this. I don't know if there's truly a real outline for what to do or for what's going to happen. And you could feel that with these episodes. It felt like it was meandering, getting to the point where we just knew that Moff Gideon was working, spoilers, obviously, but that Moff Gideon is working off Mandalore and all those things and the cloning and whatnot. Getting to that point where essentially this this whole season was we're gonna get the Mandalores the Mandalorians back on Mandalore. That that seems to be what it boiled down to, but we took so long in making that clear and a whole bunch of unnecessary stops in between his redemption in episode two and episodes seven and eight. In some ways it still feels like they're kind of writing in a animated twenty-three episode type of season, like the Clone Wars used to have. It's, yeah. That's what it feels like. and But you can't do that with hour-long, not even hour-long. Some of these are 35-minute-long episodes. Yep. Uh, eight episodes. Only eight. Yeah, only eight. You have to get where you're going. You can't meander. And yes, in some shows, you have some seasons that are better than others. This is not the worst television I've ever watched. But it was very directionless that it just isn't making me very excited for a season four. Because at the end of this, it doesn't even look like they know what they're doing with season four. No. But that that... That also brings me to the optimist in me, and I threw this out on on geeking out over Star Wars, is that maybe they purposefully put the end of the season as kind of an open book because Dave Filoni's writing the movie. And they kind of need these characters to be in a place of, 
okay, we don't have them in the middle of a journey or in the middle of some kind of arc because we're going to need them for this heir to the empire movie or whatever it's going to be. And so right. that that's the optimist in me saying, okay, that's what they've been working on. Odds are this movie has been in like their thought, in their thoughts and their plans for the last couple years. Odds are, or at least the last year, meaning he knew. Yeah. Go ahead. They, well, I was going to say that, I mean, they teased it when they announced uh, Rangers of the New Republic. You know, yeah. Captain Kennedy said that we're building this to some sort of climactic cinematic event. It's going to bring everything together. Exactly. You know, so this has been a, years in the works. And I think they probably knew Filoni would be the one making it. Exactly. So the optimist in me is saying that's what they've been building toward. And so maybe that's why this season was a little directionless. But I still think that movie, I think that movie is years and years away. I don't think we're getting that movie for a while. I know that I think the 2025 movie is supposed to be the Ray movie. So we're not getting anything for years, at least four years, 2027. Yep. And that we're not going to have another season of this at all between now and then. We have Ahsoka and we have Skeleton Crew, which ties into this era. That's this year. But then outside of that, we don't know where the story is going to go. And maybe after Ahsoka, we'll have a clearer image. Maybe Mando will be in Ahsoka. Right. And then we'll we'll know how he's going to tie into everything. But for as a season, though, none of that really matters, though, because as of as a season, this just wasn't that enjoyable. I think the most enjoyable moments were when it tied into the Star Wars universe overall, when we got the Shadow Council. That was exciting. Right. Every time we got something like that, I was excited and it felt it felt like it was a part of something. But the rest of it, even the Mandalorian and Mandalore conflict still feels removed from everything. I'm not as invested. And, and, and they had opportunities. Like, I mean, we were doing the show every week and I told Shamari when they had the episode where there, I it might have been like the second episode or where, however early it was where uh, Bo-Katan says, we're going to, I have to go and recruit a bunch of Mandalorians. I believe it was the, the, the Zeb yep. episode. It was, it was, uh, or somewhere in that mix. Um, mm -hmm. I'm like, I was so sure we were getting Sabine Wren at some point. I mean, I just thought it ha she has to show up. I mean, she knows Bo-Katan. Uh, she's out there somewhere. And they're making, they've already casted an actress to play Sabine Wren in the Ahsoka series. So I was like, I'm just waiting at this point for Sabine to show up. And, and she doesn't. And that just felt like a missed opportunity. I understand, again, they have their own story Filoni's making. And maybe it doesn't fit into it. But at some point, you have to ask yourself, how do we just how do we make this make sense? How do we how do we make it fit just so that we can have the moment for people to react? Similar to Zeb showing up and the people having their moment to react, whether or not it makes any sense or not. Um, that was a missed opportunity. I thought not showing Thrawn in the finale, a uh, bit of a missed opportunity. I mean, again, I can't, you know, I can't knock a show over, you know, not having a great post credit scene or something like that, but I, I just feel like if you're building towards Ahsoka, you already know Lars Mikkelsen is playing Thrawn. I I just I just feel like you could have gained a lot by having a scene with Lars Mikkelsen establishing that uh Moff Gideon they mentioned Thrawn, but they don't show him. Or to even like attempt to like show the back of his head. I'm not even saying I need to see him talking or anything. But like Something to to show the to show the people that there's there's something else out there. This isn't the end of the road. I do agree it was a missed opportunity, and I kept waiting at the end of that episode for there to be some kind of uh, some kind of just 
scene hinting at yeah. what we're going to get in Ahsoka. Some acknowledgement. Yeah. yeah. And we didn't get it. And so it felt largely like it was the opportunity. It was the perfect opportunity to get us excited about what was to come. At least like in another show. But we got none of that. And so, like I said, just in time, my my opinion of this season is kind of it's kind of gotten worse. Yeah, and I mean, I I, I definitely agree in the sense that at times it feels like it's almost like network television a little bit, where it's like like it's another episode of like another season of The Flash or something, where it's just like we don't know what we don't know where we're going we, but we'll find we'll find out we'll just come up with a villain we'll come up with something it's like i don't want star wars to be written like that you know like i want it to be planned like to have a plan you know like how when george made the story like he had a plan um how he would have had a plan for the sequels you know um and it's just when you don't have a plan, I think, and I feel, I feel like it just with Star Wars, it just, it just, I don't know why it just stands out so much when a story just isn't planned. When it's just like this clearly, like when Keller and Beck showed up, I loved it, but I was like, this just, just came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, <it made> that <laughs> like, there's sense. no way that this is something that was like pre thought up. Like there's a zero percent chance, and you know. As cool as things like that are, um, and there's other like there's other things that I can that that I do um, think there's things that are that are okay even if it's not pre-planned, but but I want you to have a plan, you know. And right now it looks like there is no plan for the Mandalorian. There just there isn't one. They don't have an. End. I mean, the, oh, like the other one, like. All season, people were people were convinced that the armorer was like working for Gideon or something, but like that yep. she was. There's no way that this character that doesn't really do anything is just there, just to be like the mediator of everything, and that she had to be up to something. And then by the end, it turned out she wasn't up to anything. She was just she was just she was how she appeared, and that again that disconnect is like maybe that was the twist was that yeah this person that seems like an obvious you know uh potential uh mole ends up being a just a red herring but it also makes you wonder maybe that was the plan and they changed it i mean they said that uh i forget the guy's name but the mandalorian guy that you know looked like he was gonna die like they said that they had it shot where you know he, he they had a they had it they they filmed the scene where he goes into the plane and then where he goes into the ship and then you know he sacrifices himself and dies and then they and then they but then they they decided to switch and go with the one go with the cut where he survives and that just that's 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 you know that's filmmaking that's that's anything involving uh storytelling you're gonna make decisions one decision a path a path b right and 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 you go from there but but with this show it just feels a little obvious that and it didn't feel like that in the first two seasons it It didn't didn't. feel like it really didn't you know oh we got to figure out um you know which direction are we gonna go like it, it felt like from from jump by by like the end of season two i felt like man they clearly had this planned out from the jump that this is where this was going and this season, I, I just there was not really anything this season to make me feel like that. 
a lot of this, no. like, you know, <laughs> Sasha Banks, you know, shows up at the end and you're like, where have you been this whole time? You know, <laughs> like, or did they decide to call you just because they were like, yeah, we need more Mandalorians here. So, yeah, you're here, you know, and it's, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 tough. Um, but, you know, hopefully the next season um, has more, um, I guess, just more more uh, just a more cohesive and um, a more cohesive story and a story in which more happens as well. I feel like not much even happened really in this season. Um, I mean, this, there were significant things that happened, but it wasn't much. It was like they, this could have been done in three, four episodes. But there was have you guys time. have you guys heard the theory that the Gideon that Gideon's still alive because that was one of his clones we saw. Yeah, with a clone. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. I, mean, I was thinking of that. You know, <laughs> I, I feel like everyone kind of is kind of thinking that potential that that's potentially the case. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, I mean, it kind of is possible. Um, if you don't see the dead body on TV, yeah, they're not dead. Yeah, 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 they're not dead. Yeah, we don't see the body. You know, and even that, even even here, you know, we saw his clone. So even if we did see the body, maybe it wouldn't even matter. I don't know. It's true. Um, but it did feel like a throwaway when 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 he just he, we get we we all of a sudden get this revelation. He's making clones and then you know didn't blow some up and that's it that was it yeah Throw, it's just a throwaway yeah yeah so yeah so that was that did feel kind of odd um and like the, not to cut you off but like again this mm-hmm. is another one where i'm like is was this the plan from the beginning when yeah that's off getting one. looking for baby yoda was the plan for me to be building these clones that are gonna yeah. be blown up we're gonna yeah, reveal yeah. it and then they're gonna go like there's no way that this is where they were. This is what they were building, but they like 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 Zach mentioned, they sort of ran out of ideas and they they had a certain template of two and a half seasons for these characters, and then they sort of were like, well, now what do we do? And it's hard. I mean, I always say, I always tell people in television, the first two seasons, season one particularly, but then sometimes, usually, the first two seasons are the not always the best, but are like they're the seasons that are mapped out from the jump, you know, because that those are the seasons that are the reasons why a show gets picked up. Once you go to seasons three, four, five, now at that point, the <laughs> people aren't writing five seasons of television before they even get on air. Right. So, you know, now at that point, you're reacting to what fans like and you're throwing stuff in. That's why, like, Baby Yoda, they may have had a plan for him to go to Luke, but they're like, oh, he's too popular. We can't write him off the show. We bring him back. You know, and that's that's not good storytelling. Maybe good business, but it's not good storytelling. Yeah, and it's kind of sad that I can that we kind of I'm like certain that that's what happened. Like, just as a fan, like I'm certain as a fan and someone that likes like well told like Star Wars stories. Like, I'm certain that Grogu was supposed to go with Luke, but he's selling too much. So they need to keep him in the story. They didn't like, think the show could. could like that's could definitely what happened. They prevent. They pre- <laughs> yeah. you prevent, but you. It's frustrating because then you prevent the character from growing, at all. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's very. It's very frustrating. Very upsetting. Um. But you know, I don't know. It's just. It's. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it was, we're kind of just, just, um, just at the whim of, of the storytellers in this case. Um, and I think, and I do think, um, John Favreau does a great job with the show. Um, I think Dave, Dave Filoni, I think, uh, Rick Famuyiwa, who, um, was an executive producer on the show and directed a lot of this, a lot of this season did a great job as well. It's just this, just, I wish this story had direction and I hope they, they, I know John said he, would, he had written like either all of the next season and then going into future seasons. So hopefully they're, they're really getting that together and then can, so they can get that set for, for future seasons. But I do want to get us to give some ratings for the season um, so I'll, I'll start with Zach. Zach, how would you rate this season on a scale of one to mm. 10? I gave it, did I, I gave it a six on our show, right? I believe, I believe you did. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm downgrading it to a five. Mm. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, if you were to give it a, a, a word, um, and I don't like, I don't usually love the word mediocre, but I think it's very meh. I don't like also summing anything up like that. I just think there's too many. It's too directionless and very forgettable. And there are some great moments. There are some really great moments. And there are a couple of really good episodes. But it's lost in a mire of things that just I just don't feel impactful whatsoever. So I'd give it a five. All right. I mean, I, I mean, I can't disagree with anything you said um, uh, there. I mean, and again, we talked about that before. Um, but Kendall, what would you give this season of The Mandalorian? Uh, I, I think I'd probably give it around a seven. Um, you know, I think, I mean, I agree with you, Zach. I agree with you, Shamari. I mean, I think the season overall was, uh, like it was okay, but it just, again, it lacked those moments, uh, that we'll never forget. You know, the, the moment in the first episode where you see the baby Yoda for the first time, you'll never forget that moment. Uh, the moment in season one, where we see the dark saber for the first time, never forget that moment. Um, Season two, see you know, seeing Ahsoka in live action, having her name drop Grand Admiral Thrawn. I'll never forget where I was sitting when I was watching the when I was watching those that episode or uh Boba Fett you showing up for the first time or um Luke Skywalker obviously. Like there's so many moments in this series that, that this series has given us that we'll never forget. Even Book of Boba Fett with Cad Bane, like I just this season, like Zeb showing up, you know, like with with very few lines and and no real like acknowledgement. That can't be the thing that I that I remember the most about this season, you know. It, it but it feels like it is. <laughs> and, and Keller and Beck, you know, showing up like those. Are, and and that's not all that this show is about. Obviously, there's a there's a there's a journey and whatnot, um, and this character development, which is why I still give it a seven. But the lack of those moments is what you know compared to the first two seasons you know season two might have might have given an 8.5 a nine the seasons doesn't doesn't stack up to that well i mean and you know i agree with both you guys and what you're saying um i probably give this season um i mean i'll go 6.5 probably um i'm not sure if that's a downgrade from my last for my last rating on, on our show geeking out over star Wars probably is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I probably go 6.5. I mean, it, it's, it is, um, you know, it had, like I said, it had some 
good moments, things that, you know, definitely had me excited. Um, you know, it all looked great. All the actors did a great job in the show. And, um, you know, and it's Star Wars, you know, but it's, but just the, the story means a lot in Star Wars. Like, what is the story? Where are we going? You know, and this story was, was, I think it was just lacking. Not much happened. And, you know, some of the things that we did see that happen and things that were revealed were things that clearly seemed very unplanned, or felt inconsistent. And, um, and when you see kind of where we end up, it didn't need to be take eight episodes to get there. It just didn't. So this felt like it was a lot of kind of just things thrown in. Um, and then we end up somewhere that it, where it, it was kind of a waste of all this time. Like, it's why did it take so long to get here? So, um, so yeah, so that I, I can't go any higher than 6.5. It's, it was, it was definitely a disappointment, I would say. Um, the finale was great. Um, a couple good moments in, like, I, like, kind of, when you mentioned Zeb, I forgot, I'd forgotten that Zeb even showed up. Um, but it's just, yeah, a couple of great moments, you know, Keller and Beck reveal, obviously, but, but yeah, nothing to, nothing to really make the season, uh, stand out too much for me. Um, but yeah, of course we're, we're, I'm still looking forward to the next season of the Mandalorian, whenever that, whenever that actually is. Um, and, uh, Ahsoka, which is, uh, debuting very, very soon. So very much looking forward to that. Um, so transitioning from Mando, I did want to talk about Tamora Morrison, who, um, who, um, had also, um, uh, kind of given his thoughts on on um, the situation with season three, um, uh, so he has um, he uh, spoke with comicbook.com and he actually revealed that he um, was supposed to be in season three, um, but nobody called him, and um, you know, um, so he was not happy about that. He actually says he was waiting. Uh, for the phone call in New Zealand and and waiting and and um, you know it was um, you know it's just it's it, and I don't know I th I just think it's very um, I think it's very unfortunate I have now um, I have heard mixed things about his his performance in the Book of Boba Fett I thought he did a good job in the Book of Boba Fett personally I didn't have any problem with his performance. Um, I think if there was an issue in the book of Boba Fett, it's the writing and kind of, kind of similar, honestly, in terms of, um, <laughs> how I felt about the season of the Mandalorian overall, but, um, but I don't think Tamora Morrison was a problem. I actually liked him a lot when he showed up in Mandalorian season two. Um, to me, I think that's, that's almost like peak Boba Fett for me. That I thought he was great in this Mandalorian season two. So I would have liked it if he showed up in Mandalorian season three, but again, Kind of goes back to what we were saying before in terms of there being a pivot, uh, clearly, you know, and he just straight up says, yeah. yeah, that's basically what happened. Yeah. Um, he also, he also complained that, uh, I don't, you know, you never know if a guy's joking or if he's being serious, but he, you know, he complained, he's like, this guy, you know, came into my show 
you know, with this black, this yeah. new black sword yeah, and, and, you know, ruining, comes in ruining my show, you know, but I'm not the, uh, I'm not the writer, so I can't, I can't make those decisions. So yeah, not, not good. Yeah. Not good. I, I yeah, mean, yeah. think about it, like to me, it just, it's, it goes back to what we were talking about, like. You know, clearly the direction. There's a lot of there's a lot of politics going on when it comes to Lucasfilm and Star Wars. Like, obviously, the Baby Yoda thing or the Grogu thing. There was a decision that was made at a higher level, and probably even Dave Filoni and John Favreau to say we need to keep Grogu with with Din Djarin. Um mm-hmm. You can't go with Luke. I wonder if there was a decision made above John Favreau's head, above Dave Filoni's head, to say, "Look, we love Boba, we love Tamora, but he didn't get the reception that we were hoping. Um, so having him show up in season three is only gonna is only gonna hurt us. It doesn't it doesn't help us. Um, and so they decided not to bring him back. You know, they had plans to bring him back, and then they decided we're just not gonna act on that." I, I to me, if that's the case, I, I think that that's a a misread of the situation, because yes, th- you know, the the reception the book of Boba Fett as a show wasn't overly positive, but we've already seen Boba Fett used in the Mandalorian with a resounding, uh, positive reaction, uh, in, from his appearance in season two, so it's not as if he's a character that has uh that just people hate and i don't think that people hated his his portrayal of book of Boba fett i just think people thought he may have been a little too good guyish not not as anti-hero as maybe people would have liked um but still i I, to me the story fit for a Boba fett inclusion with them going out trying to find other mandalorians you could have weaved in a story with Boba fett involved in that and it would have made sense. And I think people would have enjoyed it. I would have enjoyed it. Again, for a season that lacked a lot of Star Wars connection, that would have been a perfect way to, to, to infuse some, an easy way to infuse some. And it's not like Demora saying, I didn't want to play him. So I told him, no. <laughs> he was saying, I was getting ready to play him, and you guys never called me. So that, that's that's a shame if that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I completely agree with you. Um, Zach, what are your thoughts on the Tomorrow Morrison situation? I think that Tamora Morrison is not the reason that people may have an issue with Book of Boba Fett. I think his portrayal of Book of Boba Fett is great from an acting standpoint. I think that they just didn't know what to do with the character. Um, I think that they wanted to bring him back and that it was really cool. And his appearance in The Mandalorian Season 2 fantastic it's he's comes back he's supposed to be a little violent and angry and all of that makes sense and he robert rodriguez directs a fantastic episode in season two um when grogu's being taken and they he works with fennec and and boba and din to to fight off the the empire remnants but in the book of boba fett two of which the people behind the scenes were calling mando's season 2.5 anyway um, they didn't know what to do with the character, uh, and his power rise on Tatooine did not feel real. It didn't feel really earned. It felt in a vacuum, like no real impact or anything, and I just don't think they knew what to do with the character. And so 
maybe original thoughts were to have him come in as a cameo or have him help out in some way. Sure, but I still don't know what they would do with the character. What would his presence have actually added? So as much as I'd love Tamara Morrison to be Boba Fett all the time, let him be the character because I think he is fine with whatever they give. He brings a lot of gravitas to the role. He's fantastic. He's always been fantastic. He was fantastic as Django and he's fantastic as Boba. But I just don't think the character serves any purpose right now. But again, that's there's no direction. So a lot of things don't feel like they serve purpose. But Boba Fett right now definitely... I don't think serves a purpose to the larger story going forward. So it almost makes sense to me that even though he's upset about it and that he should have been called and there should be, if you are having original plans to include a character, there should be some kind of conversation if you're not. And I don't know if that conversation ever took place, but in terms of actually having the character wouldn't have added anything to season three. So uh, that's really my thoughts. Like, would it be cool to have that cameo? For sure. It would have been really cool to watch them team up again take down some some baddies fan it would have just been a really cool moment to take for the show uh, among a season that was very directionless and doesn't have as many cool moments but i just don't think it would have had any real story purpose to have boba fett and so him not getting a call because they decided not to go in that direction it makes sense to me it doesn't make sense that he wouldn't get a call because that's not cool everyone should get a call if there are original and you originally did talk about having him in the season and you talked to him about it but in terms of him not showing up that also makes sense to me yeah, I mean, I think I think it kind of goes back to our original discussion about di- just Mandalorian just not having any kind of direction. Like, and it's to me is it's interesting that they had planned for him to be in the season, which again points to a, like a pivot, you know that that they had a plan in place, which is actually good. That okay, they had some kind of like skeleton of a, of a story for season three, and Boba Fett was involved in that. Okay, good, sounds great. They changed something at some point. It will be interesting to know where to just be a fly on the wall and just know like when that happened, how that, in what way. Um, or did they just, or were they just saying, oh, Boba Fett's popular tomorrow. We're going to use you in season three. We don't know how at all, but we're going to use you in season three. You know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's very interesting to kind of think about, but um so I, I don't really know one way or the other whether it would have helped or hurt. Um, you know, if he was a part of their plan or initial plan for season three, I would have liked to see that. I think that I think a season three with a story involving Boba Fett sounds interesting. You know, it sounds like something I'd like to see. Um, but again, it would have to be just a, just a well-crafted story you know, like everything else that, that we enjoy in Star Wars. So, um, but I do agree with both of you guys that it's, it's definitely, it's definitely not good that they, someone dropped the ball and not letting tomorrow know that, that he wasn't going to be in the season. Like that's just not okay. Um, I don't know how high up the chain, whoever makes those kinds of phone calls, or if it's someone really low on the chain that is supposed to make those phone calls and they just didn't, I don't know, but, um, but yeah, that's not okay. So hopefully they kind of get that relationship fixed and then they don't just ostracize tomorrow Morrison or anything like that because that that's not okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a very, very unfortunate situation. Um, so hopefully hopefully we get to see tomorrow Morrison 
again in in something um yeah the book of boba fett just seems stagnant and then also seemed directionless and and um sometimes the world of that they built just felt a little empty um like i pointed out count, countless times on on this show when we were reviewing book of boba fett how he's supposed to be like the the you know um He's supposed to be like a warlord, but his his guards. <laughs> he always had just the two Gamorian guards. Like he, it's like where's the rest of his guards? Like yeah. Jabba had people yeah. all over the place, like an army. Yeah, like Jabba had like a whole a whole like army. He just has a couple Gamorian guys following him around. So it was just it was just it didn't work. You know, they didn't. I don't know what it was. If it was a lack of creativity, lack of funding, or whatever, but it it just it didn't. Um, whatever they decided wanted to do there, it just didn't work. Um, so I want us to move away from the Mandalorian and, and talk, um, Jedi survivor. So, um, as Kennedy mentioned at the top of the show, Jedi survivor did come out and I have been playing a lot of it. Zach, I know you have also been playing a lot of it and Ken, I know you've been following, um, uh, the news. I know you've been following kind of like the news and everything the surrounding the yeah. game as well. Um, so I know I have a lot of thoughts on it, um, but Zach, I'll actually give you the first crack at, at, at this Ooh. topic. So what, what are your thoughts on Jedi Survivor? Um, positive, negative, everything in between, just, just what do you think about it? Jedi Survivor is the best Star Wars game I've ever played. Wow. Big statement. And I'm Thanks. not done. So let me, oh. let me caveat that. Yeah. I'm okay, not sure. done. Um, I want to say we were talking a bit before this show. I want to say I'm over halfway there. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I've put about 18 hours in, I would say. Um, I'm, I'm, I think I'm over halfway there. There's a lot to do. And I'm like you and I talked about kind of trying to find that balance between wanting to get to the end of the story to find out what happens, but also wanting to explore the map and investigate all the rumors and, you know, um, get all the people, you know, uh, I'm blanking on the word, but bringing them back to Kobo so they can settle there and they can be of use and helpful. Um, but everything from how cinematic the game feels to everything in the story, right? In the way that it builds from the first game in the characters and the story and the motivations to everything about Fallen Order that was improved upon. From from the traversal traversal system that we have fast travel now, that we have mounts now, that the map makes some damn sense now, um, like all of that to the gameplay in terms of the lightsaber combat is the best lightsaber combat we've ever had, that we've yep. ever ever had. And yes, advancements in you know you're comparing something in 2023 to something from 2002. It's kind of hard to do that, but. The advancements we've had have allowed for that, but it's the best lightsaber combat. I mean, I, I, I quite frequently bring this up to everyone I'm talking to, is that the parrying system is fantastic. Is it's It just feels so good. And then the strikes with the lightsabers are more realistic in how they actually hit the enemy and the target. So when you swipe down from a certain angle with your lightsaber, it actually is going to dismember at that angle. Right, it all actually flows together, and I know it's such a small thing and kind of violent thing, but it just makes it feel much more real and impactful when you're playing. 
I, I love this game. I don't get to play it as much as I'd like to because I'm just not with my PS5 every day, um, which I'd love to be. But the game itself is is fantastic. And I can't I can't really rate it, but if I was to rate it right now, I'd get a 10. Um, and obviously I'll, I'll see story-wise how I, how it pans out, though I, I, I have a hard time imagining the game dropping the ball at the end, but I can, you can speak more to that because you're, you finished? I did finish the game. I finished the story. Um, and boy, Zach, there are quite, have you been, so have you been spoiled for things that you haven't seen yet? No. No. Okay. So, you know, I had a couple things that were spoiled, but I've now gotten to. So I have not been spoiled for oh. anything that was pa- that's past where I'm at, which is fantastic. Oh, I yeah. mean, I have been off Twitter for weeks. For weeks. Oh, yeah. Been, oh, there are massive surprises. Um, very pleasant surprises. Very weird things are like, wow. They're like, oh, man. Just like, just gaming moments where you're just like, oh, man, this is... Like gaming moments as a Star Wars fan specifically, where it's like, where you're just like sitting there, you're sitting there, you're playing the game, you're just like, no, this is this is what I wanted, this is what I wanted in a Star Wars game, and um, yeah, this is this game is fantastic. I'll give it a ten out of ten. It's a ten out of ten for me. This is definitely one of the, and of course I'm, bi- of course all of us are biased. We're Star Wars fans, obviously, in terms of rating games, um. But this is definitely one of this is the best game I played um, in a very long time. Uh, yeah, really, really long time. Um, I mean, God of the God of War that came out on PS4 a while back is fantastic. But yeah, there's a very it's a it, it, in terms of games that I liked more than this. It's a really it's a it's a very tiny, 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 teeny, tiny list. I'd have to go really, really <laughs> in my brain. But this game is fantastic. Very would you guys amazing? Would you guys say that this is a step up from uh, Fallen Order? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah. A hundred thousand. It takes everything that Fallen Order did great because Fallen Order was great. It yep. just makes all of it better. Yeah. Yeah. This. Yeah. This just improves upon everything. The combat. The customization, the enemies, um, the story is better, and you know, and the, of course the High Republic um, tie-ins, um, and of course me and Zach, of course, are big fans of the High Republic. It just enhances everything to the to everything, and it's actually true to the High Republic stuff that's been in the books. Everything from the the uh, the story to the uh, costumes and just everything it's it's and just and just the 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 designs um of the higher public things in the game it's just it's really 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 good it's just um yeah this is this is to me and and um i also think um, or or I think I would just say at this point I would be very disappointed um, if Cal Kestis isn't in something live action. I don't know if I had to give a time frame, maybe within the next five years. I'd say you could probably make it happen between then. And I know they have a lot of stuff planned, obviously, but 
but you could put him in something. I mean, this is a fan, this is a great character. The actor seems more than willing to to play this character. Um, and really, with how advanced these games are nowadays, he is he has been playing this character. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, it so, it wouldn't be like a weird jarring thing when you're taking something like a character that's live action. I mean, character that's animation brings live action right. because for all intents and purposes, Karen Monaghan looks exactly like Cal Kestis because that is the mocap they've been using. Right, they're the same person. Yeah, it's based on him. It, it is. It is him. <laughs> um, so I think I think we need I think we need. Um, Cal to show up in live. I think that would. I think that's just something that should happen. It's not hard to do, um, and yeah, it's just it's they should do that. That's you know, or I mean, if they wanted to go an animation route, I mean, I guess I'd be okay with that. But live action, I think, would just be because it's it looks so good and real. Just actually think in this case, just bring him into live action would actually be easier for me as a viewer <laughs> um to be like okay yes this this makes sense um but yeah the game is the game is unbelievable it's fantastic and of course we'll have more in-depth discussions when you're done with it zach as well um on our show but but yeah this game is, is amazing but Keno, do you have did you have any any thoughts in terms of what you're seeing on the game um, I just wanted to make a to piggyback off what you were just talking about with with Cal Kestis' character because, yep. um, the you mentioned the conversation about him transferring into uh transferring into live action and uh, honestly the Mando verse, you would think it's the timeline that makes the most sense. Um, he's obviously out there. You know, I've heard some people talking about, oh, is, is he going to be in the Ray movie? You know, he'll be like, he'd be like 80 years old. At yeah, that no, I don't. <laughs> no one wants to see him in that. Um, but but it's it's feasible that he he could be around during that uh, that New Republic era. So, you know, it makes yep. you wonder again, why why haven't they gone down that path? Obviously, they have plans for this Jedi yep. Fallen Order Survivor series. So. Right, I'm assuming right. that we're gonna get a trilogy. Uh, you know, you don't want to jump the gun, but I would assume that you know the reception of this one that that's the direction they want to go, and so they may have stories planned out where they don't want to step on anything by putting him in a show or putting him in a movie. But but yeah, no, the character um, has got obvious. He's obviously he's becoming maybe not a list, but he's becoming a, a you know a household name in the Star Wars community for sure. So him showing up in a show is not going to be like, oh, who's that guy? I mean, if anything, you've watched, you've seen a commercial, you know, you know who, oh, it's the guy from the video game. That's crazy. You know, like, he's far more recognizable than Zeb would be. Or far more recognizable than, I mean, maybe not far more recognizable than Ahsoka, but it's, you know, he, you know, another game, and he might not be that far off from where Ahsoka was. So, like, so, yeah, no, I mean, uh, he's he's a character I expect to see, um, you know, portrayed in live action at some point. Cause like you said, there's an actor that's, that's playing him. That's not, not totally inexperienced to the point where there's no way he could, he could do a show like the Mandalorian or do a show like Obi-Wan Kenobi because we've seen Cameron Monaghan, you know, in shows like Gotham 
you know, that have huge fan bases play a huge character. So it's not it's not above him. Or it's not it's not beneath him. But that same it's not above him, but at the same time it's not beneath him because he's willing to do it and it be one of if not the biggest roles he's he's ever had. So um he's the perfect kind of actor, perfect kind of character to 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 transfer into live action and he's got a fan base now built in. I think it'll happen at some point. Um again, I just think that the question will be do we get a third um do we get a third game? You know, would be the I think one of the main sticking points. Uh, I assume if we do if we do get a third game, it'll probably come out before <laughs> Star Wars Eclipse does. So you know, <laughs> they have plenty of time uh, to to turn one out if that's the plan. Yeah, yeah, more than likely. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, yeah, yeah. I like you said. I just I feel like it would be it would be a pretty natural kind of introduction um and it could just be a cameo i'm i'm not even greedy with it i don't need a whole series or a whole it could be a cameo in something he shows up for an episode and helps you know i don't know the ghost crew or something and something in ahsoka i don't know like it could be it could be a cameo he doesn't need to similar similar to when caleb doom showed up at bad batch yeah or something like that shoot i'll take that something it doesn't have to be an entire thing but i think i think um i think it would go a long way to helping this the these stories feel interconnected and that i think you know i think one of the things that makes lucasfilm stand out from a lot of these other you know studios and things is that all this story is so interconnected in all these other mediums and it's so good that these stories are so interconnected and I think it would be a mistake to just t- say, oh, no, you, you're just a game person. You just that's all you do. <laughs> it's like, I don't think that would be good. I know he's been he's got a book, you know, that's like a prequel to to like the game. But that's a game tie in novel um, that doesn't connect to anything else. So any other eras or anyone or anyone from anything else. So it's it's that doesn't even count for me. Like we need a connection to something else that is significant. Because I think the story has been good enough and well to- well told enough um, that it should. Um, if uh, if 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 yeah. uh, the sequel comes out and let's say it's just as good as Jedi Survivor, does this make it the second best trilogy in all of Star Wars? Oh man! Uh, <laughs> if it's just as good as Survivor, like yeah. And then Fallen Order Survivor, and then whatever the last one is, it's just as good as Survivor, which I'm calling, you know, which we're calling one of the best games in a long time. Is it not one of the best trilogies in all of Star Wars? Mm. Yeah, I stumped you with that one. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I'm feeling I, good. I I can't I can't say that until I until I actually play the game. I can't cop out. I wouldn't be cop able out. To, That's fine yeah, though. No, I can't. I can't, I can't, because the story means a lot when it comes to Star Wars. I need to know what that story is, because the game could be great, but the story in the third one could be uh, not as good, you know, so. I'm assuming, I'm assuming you're saying that the best trilogy of Star Wars is the Aftermath trilogy. Sir, you are, (laughs) you, you have jokes for days, don't you? You've got jokes for days. I wasn't even sure how to respond to that. (laughs) 
Oh, that was oh, something. Boy. Shout out to um. I'll be here all week. <laughs> yeah, no. Shout out to uh, that's Chuck Wendig, right? Yeah, you? it's Wendig. Yeah, no. Shout out to Chuck Wendig. I actually like this. I like. I enjoyed the the two of the three, <laughs> and, and I thought there were there were a lot of good parts in the first one. So, so shout out to Chuck Wendig. Hopefully, you know. Hopefully it gets. I remember he wasn't he wasn't happy that he didn't get a credit when um when Cobb Vanth was introduced. Which is kind of um, well, that's because they also Disney kind of split ways with him after some stuff had surfaced. So I think I think right. they're they were hes- they're hesitant to. But then again, there's also a whole issue of creators not getting credit in general. Yeah, that's a whole issue. So and that um, happens across the board, Disney right. and otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Remember the show. Um... Young Justice in the most recent season, which probably wound up being the last season. Like every time there was a DC character that showed up, no matter how, like, you know, it, like I remember how low in the total pool they are, how obscure they are. In the credits, they'd always say who created the character, which was interesting. I so. think that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, shout out, to, shout out to Chuck Wendig though. I actually, I actually enjoyed. <laughs> Uh, the Aftermath trilogy for the most part. And, um, but yeah, that's a tough question, Zach. Um, yeah, that, that's, that would be a whole other podcast. So I'm not even going to open up that can of worms, but, um, but yeah, this, it, regardless, this has been, this game is amazing. It's amazing. It's incredible. I need another one. They have to make another one. I hope they don't listen to any of the people on PC that are upset about performance issues and things like that. Like get a console. Get a great, PC master race. Yeah, like get a shit. console. <laughs> I agree. Get a console. And like, this is a great game. It's a great game. It's a great Star Wars game. It's a great Star Wars story. We needed a third one. You know, I'll buy three more copies if it will help them <laughs> make a decision because we need another one. Um, so, uh, so I would like us to move to our last topic for the show, which is going to be uh, Star Wars Visions volume two um so um none of us have finished star wars visions volume two i am close to being done i have not watched the last one i forget what it's called um off the top of my head but um i watched all the other ones uh, i know zach you've seen a few of them and kendall you've watched one of them um what are you guys or ken i'll start with you what are your what are your thoughts on on what you've seen so far, I know you watched one of the one of the uh, one of the uh, episodes. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, the episode I watched was uh was Sith. Um, you know, the episode that I was uh, most excited about going into it. Um, based off the trailers and everything uh and just the the material reading it going into it and i thought I, I thought it was solid you know i thought it was a i thought it was a good episode um you know i think the the nature of these shows I and mean, first of all like the animation in that episode was was incredible i think that that oh yeah it's going to be the bar you know the bar is is is, is going to be high for all of these episodes because uh if you're a studio that got picked to be in this show uh, you know, chances are you have high quality animation, so that is the first check mark. But, um, but the story I thought was also uh interesting. I thought it was it was something that, um, I think the thing I the thing I look to for all these uh 
shows or for all these episodes, I should say, is is this something that I would like to see continued in another medium or, you know, delved further into as a story? And this one is one that I I was intrigued about. I was, I'm probably even more intrigued about the the past of this character who used to be a Sith apprentice who somehow broke away. I'd like to see what that was like. Um, but it was so interesting. I thought that was, I thought it was good. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at, I'm just going and looking at, uh, what some of the reception has been. And it seems like the episode, uh, and I, Shamari, you know what? I'll ask you, Shamari, uh, before we get to Zach, just off the top of your head, what was your favorite episode? Cause I see a list of every episode ranked and I'm curious if this list is accurate. My favorite episode. Um let's see. So I don't know if this is a uh and you know, of course me and Kendall, we you know, of course we talked about this studio. We've seen a lot of things from this studio in the past. For me, it's Journey to the Dark Head by Studio Mirror. Studio Mirror. It's not very close for me as well. That is not even to say I didn't dis- I didn't like any of the other ones because I actually liked all of them honestly. Um, well, well there are, there are there are, uh, I can rank them, but I don't think any of them were like bad. Um, you know, I wasn't like oh that was kind of boring or or whatever. I did have that reaction to some in Vision season one. Um, though not many, but there were a couple where I was like oh, you know that that one just didn't do it for me. But I actually really like really all of these. I think they all have interesting stories, interesting, uh, you know, um, you know, it, it. You could see the cultural influences in all of them. I think that's very in- interesting as well. Um, but Journey to the Dark Head is really good. That's like Star Wars, where I'm like, boy, I could watch like thirty episodes of this, um, and I'd love every second of it. Um, so that's probably my favorite so far um but and the other ones are they're they all kind of they're all kind of in the same ballpark in terms of how much i enjoyed them but i've liked all i've liked all of these um and also shout out to um to um i believe the studios armin for i am your mother i actually like that one more than i thought i would is really that one's also very good um but um but yeah, the, yeah, Journey to the Dark Head is my favorite. Um, but Zach, what are your what are your thoughts on on what? So you've seen I've so only seen the first three shorts, um, and so far it's on a trend that I think I will enjoy this volume of shorts more than the first volume. I think the first volume had some very over the top silly shorts that just. Yeah, they were they were interesting and novel to watch and to experience, but I just it just didn't it didn't sit with me, and I couldn't I couldn't really get into it. And I think that's um one of the things that 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 Kendall said that I think really resonates is even though we're not going to get more for most of these outside of like what we did with um with the 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 book that we got for the first visions the duel um last last time um. 
it the the quality of it for me or at least what helps me feel like it really has impacted me or it's something that i like is how much do i really want do i wish i knew more about these characters about this world about this interpretation of of the force and and of the empire and of jedi and i think so far the three episodes i've watched have have done that each of them have been so first was the sith then it was um screechers reach which had me in yep. tears um and then surprisingly yeah, yeah that one surprised me i didn't I, like didn't I didn't think it would hit me as hard as it did but it did uh and then the third one i can't remember um my least favorite out of all three but still very good um and i'm, I'm forgetting the yeah that's in the stars, in the stars thank you yes in the stars um, which was still very good, a very different way of showing yeah. the force, this this connection, and and the, I like the way they used the kind of the paintings on the wall and the way that it kind of created. Yeah. It was it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. And that's one thing I can say about all of these is that they all have a different art style, and there's so much creativity and originality being brought to them. And regardless of what I think about them story wise, I'm still incredibly appreciative of their existence. Um, for Star Wars, for bringing attention to animation as a legitimate art form and as a legitimate film form. And so I'm liking these three episodes. I'm going through them slower, like I mentioned to you guys beforehand, before the show. I think it being an anthology of shorts, my drive to finish them and binge them is not as strong. So it's like I'll watch one or two here or there, and I may not get to the next one for a while. But that doesn't mean I'm not enjoying them, that they're not very good. And I'm still very excited to get to the rest of them. Yeah. So, oh, no, go ahead. Kendall. I was just going to say that um, I do have the, I do have a list from uh, fan cited uh, okay. of every episode of season two ranked. I'm not going to go through the list, but I will say number one on the list was, in fact, Screechers mm. Reach. That's um, very interesting. So I'm not too surprised, you know, actually. That, and that that is one that I have heard a lot about from other sources as well. Shamari, you are not going to be happy about this list because really? <laughs> number nine is uh, Journey to the Darkhead. Oh, Last. blasphemy! <laughs> I I don't I, think I've ever no, seen I, you this. Oh, okay. No. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. So that list is disqualified. Ooh, oh man, <laughs> I've never seen you this passionate. What's with this? Whoa. Yeah, no, no. Journey to the Darkhead is really good. It's really good. Um, well, yeah, maybe no. it's number nine amongst nine great episodes. I mean, that's what he's saying. But I mean, is that that's what it says in the article? No, no. I'm just, I'm just. <laughs> he's trying. He's trying oh, to support you. He's trying to give. He's trying to give you he's, some he's hope in life. Friends. Trying to give it, throw us some rope. No, no, that's <laughs> no. So then, so then I, 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 um, I mean, if I were, so if I were to list these, um, I don't even know where Screechers Reach, I think Screechers Reach would probably be higher on my list. Um, just looking at them, um, I think at the bottom so far would probably be the Bandits of Golak. That's that good. one's number three on the list. So now, what, what? No, I don't. I don't agree. <laughs> I don't agree. Oh, I don't I'm agree so glad list. you brought this list up, Kendall. Thank you so much. This is. <laughs> I mean, it's it's funny because like none of these are like bad. It's like oh, that's the bad one, and it's like I mean, <laughs> right? 
they all have their their things that you can appreciate. Um, but but um, but yeah, no, I I don't agree with that list. If that's you know, do they give any kind of rationale afterwards? Is is there any kind of like? It's more of like a, a synopsis than anything. It, there, it's positive about them all. Nothing, none of them are saying nothing. Said that you know, nothing to say that Journey to the Dark Head is bad. It just kind of reviews it. I mean, I'd make the case it's the best animated of all of them, with with the exception of maybe Sith. Um, yeah. But I mean, we know what we know what to expect when it comes to studio mirror animation. Like it 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 it, it reaches that bar for Star Wars. So I don't know. Um, so that's kind of interesting that they would have that last. That's that's interesting. But um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. But visions, but visions volume two for me overall has been great. I liked it more than volume one. Um, I they are apparently making season three. I think that I see, and it's weird because I have mixed feelings. Like I'm, I I say that it's a good thing, but also like, I mean, do we want Star Wars that isn't like? canon like is that is that like is that what we want more of that like i don't know that's a that's a that's also a whole podcast episode by itself yeah 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 you know because i I mean i yeah i was just gonna say like there's a there's a world where you know i mean like dc for example like you know not every batman show is canon to the dceu you know or not every you know, like you can do other stuff that is in its own world, so to speak, and it's an, a different interpretation of these things. But you know, like we had with the EU, for example. But, um, but yeah, I think it does hurt it. You know that it's not canon. Um, and Star Wars animation right now is in a weird place in general because Filoni is so focused on his movie and Ahsoka that like there's, I mean, they have the Bad Batch, but like that one's ending soon like i'm curious where direction they're going with animation in general i think that when it comes to canon so i i agree and i would have brought up the same thing in that especially with what james gunn is doing with dc now is that yes he's trying to do this entire interconnected universe like star wars for the first time in anything else so that everything is canon for the most part right it's going to go across video games it's going to go across animated shows movies tv shows but that there's still the exception of like elseworld stories being joker being you know being the batman matt reeves the batman and he said there's always possibility for other things when they brought up the the ultimate um the superman story that jj abrams was working on as yeah it's not thrown out there but i think if star wars was to do it it's Star Wars has never not been one giant canvas. And so can is the audience ready for multiple different things that are not canon? Um, I would say yes, but I think that is up to interpretation. Yeah. Yeah, it would. I mean, I think I'm I'm okay with this being non-canon. I just, I would just be concerned about opening the floodgate so to speak in terms of okay now we're making this other game based on the sith short but it's not canon and it's like oh geez all right and it's like and then you know you kind of and then it's just we get a whole bunch of other stuff that's just not canon and it's like i don't know um you know i i like i i one of the things i like about 
Star Wars and Lucasfilm and, and everything that they, they, they make that Star Wars related is that it's all an interconnected story. That's one of the things that makes it so so cool is that all of it is everything matters. You know, when I get all these books, all these games and everything, it all like matters. And when stuff starts coming out, that's just, you know, doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh boy, all right. Or, you know, that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, 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 that's one of the things I actually really, really appreciate about Dis Disney Star Wars, quote unquote, I guess you can say, is that everything is canon. Everything is is actual is real unless with an asterisk unless they retcon it in the um in terms of um some specific things they there's only been a couple of things so far that they've retconned like the canaan caleb doom kind of backstory um but I'll, but other than a couple of things like everything is canon ahsoka oh. and and the ahsoka yeah there you go the ahsoka novel as well um, which I'm still not happy about that, but um, but yeah, other than that, um, everything is canon. So, so that's one of the things I like. All right, um, I think that is a good place to end the show. Um, so uh, we will, uh, of course, be, um, you know, keeping track of all the any kind of Star Wars news that drops as we always do, and and um. Uh, and reviewing all the shows that come out, we will be reviewing Ahsoka when that comes out. That's kind of the next big thing um, that we're tracking, and very very excited uh, for the release of that. That'll be that's going to be a whole event in itself. Um, so very very excited for that. Um, and next I'll be, week, huh? I was going to say we're, we're doing our uh, Young Jedi Adventures review next week. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> No, unfortunately, we would not be doing a. Uh, oh, young Jedi I would have been there for that. Shamari, what a buzzkill! <laughs> yeah, no, no, Young Jedi Adventures review. Um, though I do uh, support watching that with your young one. If you have a, if you have a youngling at home, <laughs> I think that would be. Uh, I think that would probably be a good watch. Um, I also want to thank Zach for coming on. Thank you, Zach, hey, for coming man. on. Thanks for having me after so long. I haven't been forgotten. It's a nice feeling. Absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. We're very happy to have you on. Um, we're definitely going to be bringing you back to talk about some of this stuff. And Kendall, we got to get you get dropping. you on geeking out over Star Wars. Anytime, man. Anytime. Yeah, yeah Kendall. That would be fantastic. Yeah, we definitely got to sure. get you on that. Shamari um, gets two shows. Why shouldn't the rest of us? I don't understand. Yeah. All right. <laughs> no, we no, we technically have. Like, you do have you do have several. You know, we're now. sticking to Star Wars, man. Okay, uh, not all of us have an in giant interconnected <laughs> canvas of podcasts. Okay, all right. <laughs> we can't all be the Star Wars yeah, of podcasts. Wars. Some of us just have Star Wars podcasts. <laughs> the Star Wars of Star Wars. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so that that'll be fun. Um, but that'll do it for this one. So thank you all so much for listening. As always. I'm your host, Shamari, joined by Kendall and Zach, and we will see you next time.